0: First Peter, chapter four, verse seven, it says the end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. we have been talking about prayer, the importance of prayer, especially in these last days. And he says the end of all things is near. And of course, when he wrote this, it was about 2000 years ago. And so we know that now, 2000 years later, we are closer to. Closer to the end than they were. So we know that it is even more important to continue to pray. Amen. And verse 8, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sin. And verse 9, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. And I'm going to look up some more verses that deal with hospitality. So that we can see that this isn't, that Peter wasn't the only one that talked about it. In Romans chapter 12, I'm going to go through these quickly. So if you're taking notes, you can um, uh, just write these down. Romans chapter 12, verse 9 through 13. Paul says, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically rejoice in our confident hope be patient in trouble and keep on praying when God's people are in need be ready to help them always be eager to practice hospitality I find it interesting that in this passage right here even though this is a different writer this is Paul writing this obviously it shows that the Holy Spirit is inspiring him just like he did Peter because it's the same ingredients remember Peter said to pray right here Paul is saying to pray Peter talked about loving fervently one another. Right here he starts out, don't just pretend to love others, but really love others. Peter said intensely love. Right here he's saying really love one another. And then we know that Peter said to practice hospitality without grumbling. And right here it says, always be eager to practice hospitality. Titus 1, 7 and 8. It says, for the overseer must be above reproach as God's steward. Not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not addicted to wine, not pugnacious, not fond of sordid gain, but hospitable, loving what is good, sensible, just, devout, self-controlled. So right here he's talking about qualifications of a leader. And one of the qualifications is to be hospitable. So we see that this is a quality, this is a, a character trait that God is wanting his people to have. And he requires this of those who desire to be leaders. Hebrews chapter 13, keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers, for some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. In 1 Timothy 3, it is a trustworthy statement. If any man aspires to the office of overseer, it is a fine work he desires to do. An overseer then must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, temperate, prudent, respectable, hospitable. Able to teach, not addicted to wine or pugnacious, but gentle, peaceable, free from the love of money. So right there again, he talks about the, the requirement of a leader to practice hospitality. And then Matthew chapter 25. Verses 31 through 46 says, but when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him. Then he will sit on his, upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Sheep are good. Goats are bad. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, talking to the sheep, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you for the creation from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you are doing it to me. So when we show hospitality to people, strangers, whether we know them or not, or whoever, Jesus takes it personally and says that you are showing him hospitality. Can you think of a time? Can you think of a time in your life when? Someone showed hospitality towards you and it made a difference, an impact in your life. Let's close your eyes for a second and just think, reminisce on a time when someone showed you hospitality. You were invited to their home or or in some way they reached out to you and it it was just such a blessing and encouragement to you. Now you think how you can open your eyes now. You, you think how important that was. How important that was. So imagine the impact that you can have on somebody's life. And maybe some of you are thinking, well, I don't, I can't think of anything. No one's ever invited me in or no one's ever showed me hospitality. Well, you have two choices. You can be frustrated or bitter or upset because of that. Or you can do something about it and begin to show hospitality yourself. Amen. I believe there's a scripture in Proverbs. I forgot to look it up. It says something about um, those who desire friends need to be a friend or something like that. Does that ever sound familiar? I know I just butchered it because I forgot to look it up. But basically, if you desire to be friendly, if you desire to have friends and you need to be a friend. A lot of times we wait around waiting for someone to come and be our friend. You know, we sit and feel sorry for ourselves. Nobody loves me. Whoa, whoa, whoa is me. And you can stay there. And that's probably not a fun place to be. Or you can determine in your heart, you know what? I'm going to be a friend. I'm going to be hospitable. I'm going to be aggressive. Take the initiative and go out and be a friendly person to help people. So why hospitality? First of all, the Lord commands it in his word. Would you agree? There's more than one scripture, obviously. You know, let everything be established. Let every truth be established by two or more witnesses. And I believe we just read five. So we know the Lord, it's his desire for us to practice hospitality. Number two, it allows a practical opportunity for you and I to share the love of God with people. It is an opportunity, a practical environment, a setting for you and I to share the love of God with people. And I believe that's his main heart. He shared his love with us for God so loved us that he gave his son. And we know that he desires for us to hang out with him. You know, Jesus even says in Revelations, you know, he stands at the door and he knocks. And if you open, he will come and. And have hospitality with you. Come and hang out with you and eat with you. And he desires that. And so it is a practical opportunity for you and I to share the love of God with people. It's an opportunity to advance his kingdom through encouraging and building up the saints or sharing God's love with the lost or broken. We need to understand that this, that hospitality is not just inviting people over for entertainment. Because if we if we view hospitality as just entertainment then we're missing the whole thing. not include some of that and it can be part of that, but that's not what it's about. I want to encourage you to see hospitality as a practical way to advance God's kingdom. It's a practical way to advance God's kingdom. I remember I was Lisa and I were talking about this last night I was asking if, if she remembers uh, the times of hospitality that really meant a lot to her. And she reminded me of a situation of a family that when we were younger, we, had our, we, only, had two, we only had two kids. That was way back in the day. But our two older kids, uh, we just had them. And it was a family in a church. They don't live here anymore. But they, they would invite us to their home. And, and we'd go to their house. And we had a great time. It was a great time. He was in the ministry. and Well, I guess I was too. We were youth pastors, so I was in the ministry too. And, uh, but he was an older brother, a little bit older. He wouldn't appreciate me saying he's older, but he's a little bit older, um, more mature and everything. So it was a time for us to go and just hang out with them. And we really respected this couple. So it was, it was neat for us to be able to go and just hang out with them, spend time with them. And we always left there encouraged. <laughs> Always, regardless of our circumstances, regardless of what we were going through, frustrations, because when you're in the ministry, some people experience frustrations, not all, but some people do. But regardless of our circumstances, we always left there encouraged, built up, strengthened. And it was really cool because our kids, the two we had, uh, they had older kids. And so our kids look forward to going over there because they got to play with the older older kids. Look, just love playing with Trey and Brian. And so it was awesome. So all of us, and as, as we began to have more and more kids, they kept inviting us over. They, we didn't scare them off. And so we had a good time. And and, and it's interesting because I remember one of the first times, one of the early times he was inviting us, they invited us to come over for dinner. And, of course, I said yes. And uh, we went over there, and it was probably 536-ish day you know sun was still up it's probably spring early spring early summer something like that late spring early summer middle of the day and so we go for dinner and and i'm already hungry and so we're sitting on the back and talking and everything and i'm thinking okay so when is when we're gonna fire up dinner you know i'm just being honest with you being transparent i was thinking about food because i was hungry and he started lighting, lighting the grill i'm thinking okay Grills take a while, and it was the charcoal. It wasn't a gas; it was a charcoal. So I thought, okay, we got a few few moments to wait. Well, then my heart sunk because I saw he was going to uh, grill some chicken. I love barbecue chicken, so I was excited about that. But what broke my heart was the fact that the chicken was frozen. It's like, <laughs> are you kidding? So I just considered a fast for the next three hours. And then we finally got to eat. And it was, it was just comical because that, be kinda, that became a, a fun memory, how we starved for a few more hours, but we had a great time. So the point is, is it wasn't a perfect, you know, he didn't have it, they didn't have it all perfect and, and, uh, you know, everything wasn't laid out and beautiful and perfect, but we had the time of our lives. It was, it was awesome. It was encouraging. It was a blessing to us. And he and I became real good friends, real close friends. And and Lisa and his wife became really good friends. And our kids became real good friends with their kids. And I remember another time when we had four kids. Uh, We had four kids and there was a lady in our church. She had just moved away to Texas. And she, a single lady, invited all six of us to come and stay with her. I think it was a long weekend. I think it was like three nights or something like that. I'm like, are you kidding all six. Now, you see all these chillings we got? I mean. And she, just, she goes, oh, yeah, come on. So she invited all of us. We drove seven hours. And for about four and a half to five hours, Grant cried nonstop. But I have forgiven him. I just want you to mark that. I have forgiven him. Stephen Burke helped me get through all that. So it was crazy. It was just, oh my goodness, please stop crying. The only way we can get him to stop crying was, I'm sure some of you know VeggieTales. Thank God for VeggieTales. Hallelujah. But anyway, the only thing that would get him quiet was as we sang the VeggieTales songs. So me, Lisa, Trey, Brian, and Joseph, we were singing VeggieTales, and then Grant was a happy camper. But if we stopped singing VeggieTales, our lives were miserable. But anyway, so we made it down to Texas and spent three, about three nights with this, this lady, and we had a wonderful time. It was awesome. And so what I appreciated about her was that she could have said, oh, I'm just single. I can't invite, especially a family. Are you kidding me? But she didn't let those limitations or any limitations that we might perceive, she didn't let that stop her. And she was a tremendous blessing to our family. So I want to encourage you that, that hospitality... Is a way of advancing God's kingdom. And I want to encourage you to begin to see it that way and allow the Holy Spirit to help you see it that way. There's a book that I, I ordered, and I'll have some on out there next week. I ordered them too late, so you don't have them today. But it's called, let me see the name of this book. It's a very, practicing hospitality. That's what it's called. It's called Practicing Hospitality. And it's an excellent book. It's very, uh, very practical. I need to find my place here. It's a very practical book. I, I um, downloaded it and read read a big chunk of it real quick or a small chunk of it, and it just gives you practical pointers on practicing hospitality and, and things to do to prepare and to help you move in that direction. And I just want to read a few principles that this lady shares about practicing hospitality. First principle: Remember there are seasons in life. Now, uh, many of these principles are in context with family, so it's practicing hospitality with family. If you have kids and that kind of thing, if you're married. But the principles also relate to if you're not married, if you're single. But the first principle is remember there are seasons in life. There will be seasons in our lives when we will be able to spend more or less time practicing hospitality. And it's important to understand the seasons in life because if if you get excited about hospitality, but then you see that you have limitations, maybe you have a number of small children. And you think, oh my goodness, how can I do this? I have all these kids. How do I take care of the kids and all that kind of thing. Well, in the different seasons of life, hospitality is going to look different for you. You're going to practice it differently. And you need to recognize the season so that and appreciate the different seasons that you're in so that you don't begin to get resentful and frustrated at the season that you're in. In other words, if you're like, man, I got all these kids and I can't have people over because the house the way it is and, and I'm busy and all this kind of stuff, then you can begin become resentful of the gifts that God has given you. Amen. Instead of appreciating them as gifts, these little bundles of joy that they're gifts, and they are your priority. And so what you need to do and I need to do is say, Lord, okay, here's the season I'm in, whether it's children or not, the circumstances of your lives, whatever the season is, you say, Lord, how do I move in hospitality in this season? And if you ask him, I believe he will show you the Holy Spirit will give you practical ways and ideas of how to practice hospitality in that season so that you can enjoy the season, appreciate the season, and still participate in hospitality. Number two, partner with your husband or partner with your spouse. I think this is a good idea because if, I believe it's good if you, if you are married, it's good to work as a team. One, because you're going to help balance each other. You're going to help hear the wisdom of one another. And, and, uh, cause typically if you're married, you notice that you and your spouse are opposites in certain areas. You know, some of you, one of you may be, let's have people over our house every single night. And then one of you may be, let's never have people over here. And so together you can come to a balance and, and work through those things because you don't want You don't want to do anything, I don't believe, independent of your spouse because you don't want them to resent what's going on. You know, you want to bring somebody in the house. Hey, honey, I got someone coming over to the house tonight for dinner. So have dinner ready and that kind of thing and work like that. I don't think your spouse is going to appreciate that. And so if we work together, then, um, well, one, when the person or people come into your home, they're going to sense the unity that you guys are together and not someone being resentful because you invited them over over to your house and and it can just be a mess so it's important for the partners for husband and wife to work together number three include your children include your children you know when you decide to practice hospitality or want to continue to grow in it make it a family event and that's what the, the family that invited us over that's what they did because when we came over and we had our kids with us they were there ready to embrace our kids and they just took them and they played. They had a great time. So the whole family, it wasn't our kids had to just sit down and be quiet while me and Lisa got the fellowship. We all as a family got to participate because that family embraced us and they did it as a family. In, you know, um, like a, my wife, she made our home available for this, this um, progressive dinner that we had last night. And it was funny because she did it without asking me. And she said, well, she found out that I found out. She goes, oh, by the way, I told Lee our her house is available. I said, you did what? And I wasn't mad or anything like as far as didn't want people over my house. But see, this was in when I was still dealing with the stuff that was the front, the brown stuff on the front of my house. Remember that? So that was fresh in my mind. The frustration level was a little high. And then I find out I got a bunch of people come over my house so they can see the fresh brown stuff in the front of my house. I'm like, oh, man. But I got over it. Calm down. Calm down and everything. And I was glad we did. We had a wonderful time. We had fun last night having the people over our house. But anyway, the point is, is so we, we had this event coming our way. And Lisa said, she told the family, all right, guys, she assigned, everybody had an assignment of what to clean. And It was so cool because, uh, Benjamin and Julia were doing some, I think Benjamin was the vacuum man, Mr. Vacuum man. He was vacuuming all the carpets and Joseph and Grant were, were cleaning all. I was doing something football or no, I'm just kidding. We all had our, had our projects and it was cool because everybody was content. There was minimal grumbling, and complaining. I'm not gonna say there was none. <laughs> it was a little bit, but it was minimal and everybody did an awesome job. And the, I appreciate my family because over the years, as we've been having people over and, and that kind of thing, my boys, which I have a bunch of them, but they love kids. They love kids. And so when we'd say, hey, uh, guys, we got a family coming over. They wouldn't, say, they wouldn't say, oh, not again. They'd say, who is it? And they want to know, do they have kids? You know, if they didn't have kids, it's like, oh, they don't have any kids. Dude, dad, why'd you invite them over? You know? But they were excited to have kids because they knew that they were going to play and entertain, them. Even, even if the kids were a lot younger than them. They just look forward to hanging out with them, playing with them. And that's why I believe it's important to invite and include your whole family in this so that it becomes a family event and so that you're teaching your children how to be hospitable. Amen. We want them to enjoy this and our kids, fortunately, I'm blessed that our kids not only do they look forward to, but they they heavily participate in when we invite we invite families over. Let's see, number four, treat your family as good as guest. Another principle this lady shares, treat your family as good as gift. Often we treat our guests better than our family. Establishing the habit of treating our family as we would a guest will assist us in communicating our love to our family. I thought this was important. Treating our family as good as guests. Now, we all know of families or people who, you know, they, they um, can be yelling to kids or hardly spend any time with their kids and be grumpy and all that kind of stuff. But as soon as the guests come over, it's like mom and dad transform, you know. I think they made a movie of Transformers. But anyway, they transform And the different people and they're nice and friendly and sweet and mom brings out the best foods and all that kind of stuff. And the kids are thinking, man, I wish we ate like that. You know, and and I think it'd be, it's a shame to, one thing I appreciate about Lisa is whenever we have people over for dinner, she serves them whatever she serves us other times. In other words, she treats us the same. You know, it's not like okay, family uh, friends are coming over or or guests are coming over, so I'm going to make the best foods and the best this and the best that. She makes the same thing she makes for our kids, and and, and we and it's important to include your kids. You know, don't you know you have important people come over, so kids, you hush. You know, don't tie them in a closet somewhere, gag their mouth so they don't mess up or say anything stupid to embarrass you. How many of you know kids will embarrass you? But, you know, that's part of hospitality. The dangerous part of hospitality is the vulnerability. Making yourself vulnerable, open. That, okay, here's who we are as a family. The good, the bad, the ugly. Take us or leave us. And if you have kids, they'll share a lot of the ugly. (laughs) But it's all part of it. You know, when you invite people to their home, you say, welcome to our home. Here's our family. And, And just... Have a good time. So it's it's important that you treat your family as important as the guests. And how you do that, you don't wait till the guests to get there to be nice to your kids, because then they'll spot. They'll say, "Oh, that's that's fake. That's hypocritical." They'll they'll catch that in a heartbeat. But you're loving your family, you're spending time with them, you're hanging out, you're doing fun things. Of course, you're dealing with the discipline issues and a lot of those and all that kind of stuff. But you're also having good times as family. If your family is all about yelling and screaming and discipline and chores and all that kind of stuff, if that's all it is and there's no fun, you shouldn't be inviting people over yet. You got things to take care of first. You need to get it where your family, you're having fun as a family. You're doing fun things as a family that they're the guest your kids are the guests your spouse is the guest and you have a good time together and then when you invite people from outside your home to come in you're inviting them into that atmosphere of peace in your home amen, amen. cuz you know some people especially people who don't know the lord they live in a non peaceful environment 24/7 i mean if they have any peace typically it's it's temporary it's not you know strong and and um consistent, but they live in chaos and turmoil and that kind of thing. And for them to come into a home of a Christian family where there's peace, that's going to speak volumes to them say, wow, this is, this is pretty awesome. And we, and we, um, because we live there, we may take it for granted or we get so used to it that we become kind of acclimated to the peace. So we don't know it's there as much. But then someone who's not used to it comes into your home and they're like, wow, this is so peaceful and so restful in this place. But that's going to happen as you are investing in your family. As you as a family are inviting, your, inviting the Holy Spirit and the Lord to come into your, into your home. Worship, praise, getting in the word, those things we've talked about before. Amen. And principle number five, keep an orderly home. Okay, moving on. Number six. <laughs> that's what we have Andrea for. In um, and the thing she shared last week, she was talking about practical ways, you know, declutter, cleaning your home and that kind of thing for the purpose of it's not just cleaning your house for the sake of cleaning your house. Although that's, that's okay. But it's for the sake of preparing your environment so that you can invite people in so that you can have a peaceful environment. Because if if it's full of clutter and chaos and everything, then there's going to be a lack of peace. And so just a practical thing of of getting your home orderly, more orderly, little by little, building that, you're going to invite more and more peace into your home. And so seeing seeing that from a kingdom perspective, and that's what I appreciate about Andrea Hall, is she sees helping people with cleaning their homes and organizations, she sees it as a kingdom thing. It's helping them to have peace in their home so they can invite people to come into that home and they can minister to them and practice hospitality. And there's some uh, some good resources that we have. Again, I waited too late to order all this stuff by next Sunday. Uh, we're going to have some good resources on that. And also it was mentioned earlier that Andrew is going to come and do a workshop with us on Wednesday night, January 9th. We're going to have. Uh, light dinner and then a time with Andrea to, to teach us some good stuff. So I'd encourage you to come out. We made it in the evenings, so hopefully it'll be easier for both husbands husbands, and wives to come. It's not just the wives, honey. Go check it out. But both of us, both spouses, although one of us may be gone. But anyway, um, so come on out and I believe you can learn some encouraging things that's going to help you about keeping an orderly home. And number six, use discretion. When you're practicing hospitality, you have to use discretion. Because some of you who have the you gift of mercy types, who your heart is so big and you just invite anybody, you're just, your heart is open to everybody. That's good. And, and I don't want to discourage that. But you have to practice discretion when you're inviting people into your home. You have to listen to the Holy Spirit. You need to talk to your spouse and make sure whoever you're inviting, for example... We've done a lot of ministry with with ex-prisoners, guys who have come out of prison and uh, just different kinds of folks. And we've had a number of them in our homes. But before any of that happens, I make sure Lisa's cool with that. Make sure especially the fact that uh, some of the men I used to I used to minister and volunteer for ministry uh, down a different part of Oklahoma that that ministered to sex offenders. And before I invited any of those guys into my home, I asked Lisa, are you okay with this? And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm cool. I'm in the grace of God's on her, too. And she was cool with it. We have our children, my family in the home, and we invite these men to come in because Jesus loves them. And he wants to minister to them. But I'm not just an idiot just going to bring anybody to my house. If one, if my wife's not cool with it. Because if, if she's not, if she doesn't have peace about that, then I find another way, another avenue to minister to them. Amen. So you have to use discretion. You have to be listen to the Holy Spirit because you may invite the enemy, may try to get someone into your home that can bring chaos or be a predator or whatever. And so I'm not saying these things that scare you to where you say, okay, that's it. Nobody's coming in my house. That's not the reaction you need to have, but you need to practice discretion. You need to be careful. Use wisdom when you're when you're practicing hospitality. I thought that was a very good, very good principle. I think that's all the principles that it's going to share from from that book. But anyway, I'll have that book called Practicing Hospitality. I'll have it next week, and then you can read all the all the good stuff yourself. But one thing, the last one I want to share with you as far as a a principle that I'm going to add in here is you must be intentional with your time. If you're going to be serious about practicing hospitality, you have to be intentional because our society and the American culture and society is moving away from hospitality. Now there's entertainment to where. People are inviting people over for political reasons or for personal gain. You know, you're trying to get in with this person. So you invite these people over so you can, you know, jockey in for position or, or building your cloud and all that kind of stuff. And that's not what we're talking about. But our, our society, unfortunately, is moving away from hospitality. The kind that, that some of our older brothers and sisters in here will remember used to be a lifestyle back in the day. Where the neighborhoods were, were different, where the neighbors all knew each other. How many of you know your neighbors? I mean, we lived in, we lived in a neighborhood Well, we lived in town. Now our neighbors are scattered all over the countryside. But when we lived in town, it, you, these neighborhoods are, are nobody knows anybody hardly anymore, unless you intentionally go and meet your neighbor. You know, we, we get off work, we drive up in the driveway and some people don't even have to get out of the car. They just drive into the driveway, close the door. Don't have to make any eye contact with anybody. But the way our society is, is it's moving away from relationship. It's moving away from hospitality and everything. But we know that God's word has not changed, has not changed on that. He doesn't say, Oh, I understand you, you saints live in America. Forget all the stuff about hospitality. He doesn't say that, does he? But we as Americans need to be more intentional. We need to be more intentional. When it comes to hospitality, we cannot say when I have time or when my circumstances change, when I get less busy, you know that, but what you need to do if you're, if you're, if you're in a situation where you are extremely busy or whatever your case is, yes, the Holy Spirit, how do I practice hospitality in our circumstances? Don't just dismiss yourself, but ask him, how do I practice this in my circumstances? How many times have you said to somebody, you got with somebody, maybe here at church, and you said, oh yeah, we need to get together for coffee sometime. Oh yeah, that'd be good. Oh yeah, blah, 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 blah. Next week, come back together. Hey brother, you know, we need to get together for coffee sometime. Oh yeah, yeah. Three weeks, four weeks, a month, six months, a year. Two years goes by and you never get together with that person. You never have that family over. Oh, we need to have you over. How many times have you said that? We need to have you over. Yeah, you do. Now do it. (laughs) What I'm learning to do, because Pastor Dale, and those of us who have been here for a while, you've heard this statement. Got to be definite. Anybody ever heard that before? Got to be definite, brother. That's the same word as intentional. Right? Got to be definite. Intentional. You have to do it. And so because I'd hear that over and over and over again, I used to be the one that would say, oh yeah, we need to get together sometime. But then the Holy Spirit began to convict me with that word, be definite, or word, be definite. Yeah, that's one word. Be definite." That's one word. <laughs> and then so what I'm trying to do now is when someone says, hey, let's get together. Say, good idea. When? Let's do it. Let's look at our calendars. Let's talk. Let me... Check my calendar and text you, whatever. In other words, be definite, set up a time, and don't let a month or a year go by and actually do it. And so if if you feel like the Holy Spirit is challenging you, drawing you into this thing of hospitality. Now, I'm not having given all the how to do it and everything, because I don't know how, so to speak. But but if he's challenging you and drawing you into this and you're saying, I need to do this. We as a family need to do this more. We want to do this more. You have to be intentional. Because some may say, you know, my house is not in the condition where I, I want to invite anybody. Well, then be intentional by saying, OK, our goal in 2013 is to get our house in a condition where we can be hospitable. And don't wait. Don't use the whole 2013. I mean, <laughs> don't wait till December 31st and say, OK, now we can have somebody over. And don't let this be just a New Year's resolution things. We're not going there, right? Cause those things come and go and mostly go, but find out what it, what do I need to do so that we can practice hospitality? My wife and I, we talked and we both decided we want to have people over more. So what do we need to do? So we had to start arranging our lives, fixing our schedules. We started weeding out stuff that would hold us or keep us from this. We had to declutter our schedules. Because we believe this is a calling of God is to be hospitable. So we had to change things, arrange things, start working on the house, listen, You know, learning ways to make things better, to be at peace so we can invite people to come into our home. And so I want to encourage you to do the same thing. Let's all stand together. Now I was thinking of ideas of passing out cards so you can say, I will be hospitable in 2013 and all kinds of stuff like that. Not really, but... But this isn't about a, making a commitment to me or anybody else. But this is between you and the Lord. Because if he really works the grace in your heart, and I believe he's extending his grace. Because whenever the word of God tells us to do something, God will give us the grace, which is the ability to be able to do what he's telling us to do. But we have a choice to receive or reject his grace. And so I want to encourage you to receive the grace of God. That will enable you, that will give you the desire and the ability to be more hospitable.